Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 144. I got my guy, Danny B. of Morning. What's up, bro? Yo, what's going on, man? How you doing, State? Yo, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a good mood, man. I'm in a good mood, man. I'm in a good mood. Yo, I, how, I still, how can you not be, man? You know? I still can't believe we here. <laughs> I just said it today, dude, to, to somebody like literally a half an hour ago. Like, I'm still kind of in shock just from the season itself, you know? Yeah, man. Because I, I, I ain't going to lie, bro. Coming into the season, I was, I was in a down mood. Um Last season was bad. It was really bad. And I didn't have no expectations. But now, here we are. So, <laughs> Yo, crazy, man. Yo, crazy, bro. And- crazy. Dude, I, I was freaking uh, on the way home from work, dude, and seeing somebody walking down the street with a, a Knicks jacket on. And I rolled the window <laughs> all the way down, dude. Top of my lungs, I was screaming out, Knicks, we here. Dude. <laughs> Telling you, man, it's another level. And I'm like I said, I'm in the burbs on Long Island, man. You know, so yeah, it tells you what it's like. You know, it's crazy. It could be somebody random in the street, and if they got on like some Nick apparel, and you say, "Yo, go Knicks," they'll dead reply back to you. It don't matter <laughs> how you look. <laughs> yup, hundred percent, bro. Every time, every time, it's so funny. It, it's mad funny, bro. It's mad funny, but. Let's get into these Knicks, man. Let's get right into it, bro. We ain't even gotta we ain't even gotta do the small talk, man. Um Knicks versus Hawks. <laughs> and it's funny because the NBA's best record over the over each team's final 20 games, the Knicks, we were 16 and 4. And I didn't even know that. Like I didn't I didn't know at the time when we went 12, when we won 12 games out of 13. I yep. didn't think that we was this hot. So now that I'm actually reading it, it's amazing to look at. But the Atlanta Hawks was also one of those teams who won yep. 14 games and lost six games. So um, I'm going to pass it off to you. How do you feel about this matchup, man? Talk to me. Because I, I got some stats I want to throw at you, but I, I, I want I want to see your opinion first. Definitely, dude. I'm all about the stats too, so I'm I'm with that. But uh, I so I'm I'm cool with the Hawks. I'm totally cool with it. I the only team I was really looking to avoid would be Miami. And I said this last week, man, on my show with uh, with Coach. Like I don't even care who it was to be honest. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. it didn't matter because I feel like we've proven through the season. No matter who we play, we have a chance to win the game. You know what I mean? Like I would say halfway through the season, it was like okay. You know, we could be in every game, but I, I want to say like three quarters of the you know way through the season, it was like, OK, we can absolutely win every game. Like it doesn't even matter who we play. You know what I mean? Like it absolutely mm-hmm. felt like that. So I'm cool with it. I definitely am confident in Tibbs. Um, I'm really looking forward to the coaching matchup. You know what I mean? I, I yep. feel like he's definitely going to do little things that he hasn't done all season. So. In a way, he's been a little bit predictable with when he pulls people, when he starts to change ups in terms of like what time of the, the quarter it is. So I think we're going to see a lot of little things change and it's going to be interesting to see what they are and who he goes to. And because it's not going to be the same every game, you know what I mean? It's going to be every game is its own. You know how it is, man. So playoffs is its own animal. I'm looking forward to it. 
Um, you know, two keys everybody gets got to know: Trey Young, Clint Capella. Um, you know, we got to obviously figure out how to stop both of them. So, um, other than that, man, I, I like the matchup. I think it's a good one for the young guys that we got on the squad. You know what I mean? Get some playoff experience and uh, get our feet wet. So it's crazy, man. Clint Capella and Trey Young is definitely two guys that we got to stop. And Clint Capella is just dominating the offensive glass. And he leads the league in offensive rebounds at 4.7. And also, Clint Capella has mauled the Knicks, actually. Um, He's averaged 20 points on the Knicks. (laughs) And it's crazy because those games that we played, the Hawks, right? Each game, we got to put it in context. Each game, somebody didn't play, right? So the last game we won, remember, Trey Young didn't play in the fourth quarter, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And, Let, remember where you are. But I want to talk about this right here, this moment right here. All right, go ahead. So go ahead. Right. And the only thing I want to point out, because I definitely want to hear what you, you want to say about it too, is this game, right? We obviously were going back and forth. We had a lead. They started cutting it back. Trey Young got hot, and then he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And we were able to kind of keep our space and pull it away, you know, and, and go from there. But a lot of people kind of debate if Trey Young had stayed in the game, does Atlanta, you know, stay on that hot run, you know, to close the game out? And I always look at it like, We've been in this position before, you know what I mean? In that position before, games after that, games before it. Um, You know, and I feel like that was definitely at a crucial point in the season before we got to where we are now, which was taking that next step and figuring out how to close out the games. You know what I mean? You see the lapses happen, but, yeah, we do pull them out where we were losing a whole mess of those, you know, um, you know, a few weeks back. So going back to that moment in time that you were just in, I want to kind of hit uh, play a little bit and just go there. I just wanted to to set that little scenario there. So as far as Trey Young is concerned, right, you know, we we defended Trey Young well. So Trey Young in the three games that we played against, he played against us, he's averaged 24, 25 points, 12 assists, but he only shot 36% from 21% from three. So yep. it, it, it's obvious that we could do things to slow slow Trey Young down. And also, we got to think about it like this. James Harden, right? He has that stupid move where he always gets the foul call. But in the playoffs, he never. So we also yep. got to look out for that, too. And going back to Clint Capella, Clint Capella against the Knicks. And, and mind you, we didn't have Mitchell Robinson. And it's right. okay. But the dude averaged 20 rebounds and seven and a half offensive rebounds against us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to do something about Clint Capella. But we do have something to neutralize him, and that is Julius Randle. Because Julius Randle also scored 20 points, 8 for 14 shooting on fewer than 40 possessions when he was guarded by Clint Capella. So obviously, none of these dudes could, could guard Julius Randle. None of these dudes. Matter of fact, Julius Randle's single best matchup all season was against John Collins as well. And we we got to figure out how to get Julius Randle and these mismatches. And we also got to figure out, bro, and I don't, I don't think you brought this up yet, but Bodon. Um, Bodon, he didn't play in those games that we played against the Hawks, right? And over yeah. the last 20 games, he averaged 22 points on 50% shooting, 
four assists and on 4.6 trades in 35 minutes per game. So how, how do you think Tibbs attack these guys on defense and just make these guys uncomfortable? Noted, right? I'm going to give you one more stat, right? Trey Young scored more points. And shout-outs to Tommy Bear. I love this guy, bro. You, you got to follow this guy. He's so elite, bro, with his stats. Like, I, I don't know how he do this. Yeah, you know? no, he's definitely a good follow. I, I definitely am onto that for sure. That's a fact. Like, he's he's elite. So, you know, Trey Young scored more points when matched up with Alfred Payton more than any other individual player in the NBA. Trey Young scored 44 points on 13-28 shooting. In 14 minutes, 64 offensive possessions when guarded by Alfred Payton. In contrast, <laughs> Trey Young has scored <laughs> 21 points on 7 for 19 shooting in 14 minutes, 59 offensive possessions when guarded by Frank Nilekina. Um That is two seasons combined when it comes to Frank Nilekina. That Trey Young has scored more points in this season on Alfred Payton alone than on Frank. So what do you do with these guys, man? And Bogdan, Trey, I, I just laid it out for you. What, what do we got to do, bro? Yeah, man. Um, again, I got to go back to just playing our game. You know, what's been our identity this entire season, you know, is our defense. So I really think that that's the key. And when I say that, I don't mean just playing, you know, defense. What I mean is high intensity on top of their shit, not not giving them no space, um, you know, covering the man, keeping your head on, head on a swivel. You know what I mean? Literally doing text, just playing textbook defense, you know, but on top of it, you know, moving your feet, you know, we got to keep moving for each other, especially on D. Um, I think that's been huge in the games that you see us really pick up the intensity defensively. That's really where we bolster our most offense from. So if we could do that on a consistent basis, game in, game out, I think that's just naturally going to throw any team's offense off. So I think that's key, as you just pointed out, the stats with Trey Young playing, uh, with, you know, with and without EP, which I get. Um, so you know what? I'm going to slide to that real quick. Uh, when EP does play in the playoffs, I think he's right. going to have a very short leash. Um, a lot of times – You'll see him come out, either pick up two fouls quick and he's out in the first three minutes of the game, you know, or you see him play, say, the first six minutes of the game and, you know, six, seven minutes of the game possibly. And maybe we come out hot. Maybe we're moving the ball around because he's not so involved in the play as much. Um, it's tough to say, man. You know, it really has. Listen, I hate hating on people, period. Um, there's just a lot of times where we need points and, you know, he's taking it to the hole and it's just not going down. But again, it's, it's tough to point that out because there's other, you know, times where we're having those lapses and we're just not knocking him down from outside either. You know, whether it's RJ or Bullock or, you know, or Bullock's not even getting the ball and shooting, you know, you see stretches where, you know, he comes out hot in the first quarter, hits three, four, you know, threes and, yep then disappears you know what i mean like he don't clock, pop bro. up until yeah until the end of the game so i think there's a lot of little keys to it but going back to what i was originally saying with peyton i just think he's gonna have a short leash so i don't really think it, it really rides on him so much you know what i mean because there's four other guys on the court so 
it it, it just depends. He they've he's got to be smart with the ball and and move it around, and we've got to be smart as a team and keep you know moving that ball. The ball movement is huge. Period. And on defense, it's the off ball movement. So, um, two big keys. I think those are going to be huge. Uh, I'm I can't wait, man. Jeez, we're in the playoffs, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about a first round a first round matchup right now. That's still <laughs> like I said, bro. It still blows my mind. Yo, it, it's crazy. Like, I think it probably won't settle in until Sunday when I first actually lay eyes on us in the playoffs once again. Yeah. Because um, it's been a long time. But the other thing that's so amazing to me is our draft pick. And I'm talking specifically about R.J. Barrett. You know, the list of NBA players to tally more than 2,000 points, 500 rebounds, 300, 300 assists, before their 21st birthday. Kobe, um, salute the bean, RP. KG, Kevin Garnett, T-Mac, Trace McGrady, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Luka Donich, Kevin Durant, RJ Barrett. That's it. That's the list. That sounds like the same record he broke for the ACC freshman, freshman with most points, most rebounds, and most assists. So, obviously, this guy is a box stat whore. It's, it, it's very obvious. So... How do you feel about R.J. Barrett? Like, what, where does he come into all of this play? Because, mind you, we, we spoke about his defense. Yep. And who would you, who would you put R.J. Barrett on personally? And also, what would you like to see for R.J. Barrett and his first playoff series? And just, matter of fact, let me throw this at you differently. What... In his game specifically, do you want to see in the playoffs grow from just from her? Well, first off, I love RJ. Um, I know we're in this, you know, his second season, but I still keep saying like that's my rook. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was rooking, I was rooting for him, dude. Like before the draft, you know, um, I was stoked when we got him. I was stoked that he got that starting position pretty quickly, you know, and and that he continued that whole first season, even though it was shortened, you know. And I, I just have liked what I've seen from him from the gate. So I definitely am rooting for him. I would definitely like to see him, you know, possibly on Bogdan. To be honest, you know, um, let him, you know, let him do that. Uh, his defense definitely has stepped up, I would say, multiple levels, man, through the season, you know, and he's definitely been pretty good lately. I think there's a couple times we've seen him have lapses on the defensive end where he just loses sight of his man for a sec, you know, and not not many. I want to say a handful of times, but it does happen. Um, I think he's an important piece to this this whole puzzle, you know. I really do, and the best part is he's not even close to scratching the surface of what he's capable of yet. You know, I think his ceiling is so high. Um, and the growth is just unbelievable. We saw so much growth from him in that first season, and looking back on it, we were all impressed. Now, looking back on a completed second season, he really grew even more so from that first, you know, first season, and he did it within the entire second season. So I just feel like we've seen under the microscope where he really took those levels, you know, and that grit that he has, that killer instinct where he just puts his head down and just, 
you know, plays his game no matter what happens. The shots don't go, he still takes them. You know what I mean? And um, if it doesn't work for him for an extended period of time, he switches it up and he starts driving to the bu- the bucket. Um, I love that about him. You know what I mean? He doesn't give yep. up. So I just think that he's huge, man. The fact that that we we got him, um, I'm so happy about. Obviously, people wanted Zion. I get it. But I think RJ was the piece that we needed to really um, complement other you know pieces that we could bring in and build more on. So we see it with Randall blossoming, obviously, which was um, you know a beautiful surprise. And I just think um, RJ was just such a such a hit. You know, it really was, man. Definitely a gem. Yo, R- RJ Barrett has averaged one point seven. Well, basically two made three pointers while shooting forty percent from downtown. The only other players in league history to make 125-plus three-pointers and shoot above 40% from three, Bradley Bill and Mike Miller. And now R.J. Barrett. This kid yep. is special. And I'm I'm so glad we got him, too. I remember the day that – the I remember the NBA lottery. I remember yep. that night. And I was drinking Hennessy with some hypnotic. <laughs> All right. And- I was on Tito's. Well, Tito's and Gatorade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking, but I I never forgot. I was drinking. I drank like eight straight shots. They like, yeah. The fourth pick, you know, <laughs> when they was announcing the picks and, and whatnot. When we jumped, when we got into the top four, or the top five or the top four, I'm like, I bet, yeah, we almost did. And they went to a commercial, bro. So the whole time we're all sitting there like, yeah, we're good. You know what I mean? Like I remember, like the whole commercial break, I was pumped, bro. <laughs> So, I was running around my apartment like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. And, and listen, I didn't give a damn about who we got at that moment. Like, at that very moment, I'm like, all right, I got a chance to get this, a chance to get this, this kid from the small town school job, or I got a chance to yep. get R.J. Barrett. And I've been watching yep. Duke all year, so I, I'm ready. So I yeah, the same. So I see the Lakers get the, get the fourth pick. I'm like, oh, oh, it's about to happen. Right. Then I see see us get that third pick. Bro, I looked at that screen, bro. I took like 10 more shots, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I totally do. Dude, you set the scene perfectly, man. I'm right there. I'm with you, dude. It was a letdown. But, you know, like you said, I mean, that top three were – you know, such a, such a great, you know, uh, talent wise that it, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Who we ended up with. And to be honest, watching Duke that whole year, because I think a lot of people did, I kind of liked RJ's game. Just, I felt like we needed that on our team more than anything. I mean, how many years are we going to go through this where we're just hitting, you know, throwing random, you know, bricks back at a wall, trying to find the random, you know, brick that's missing. Like it was just stupid, you know? So it was like, I don't know, man. It just felt so good when they finally called his name, dude. You saw the smile on his face. You That's know what I mean? Man. Like, man. Yeah, that you all, oh, man. Yeah, dude. Like I said, bro, I'm still just taking it all in. I kind of – I don't like this week because we have no games to watch. You know what I'm saying? But I do like this week because I've kind of been able to slowly process the entire season. You know what I mean? I feel like it just came at us so fast. Yo, you want what's crazy – Earlier today, I was watching R.J. Barrett highlights when he was at Duke. And I'm like, yeah, he getting to this point. He just got to get a little more confident. Yep. <laughs> and comfortable. Yes. 
I'm going to ask you a question, matter of fact. And this probably might get off a little topic. What the hell with it? That's cool, man. Shoot. This That top three, Zion, RJ, John Moran. I'm going to just say last decade. Is that probably the picks, pick grouping? Yeah, I definitely think so. Because the only one I could probably think of was Tatum draft, but then that's Lonzo and Fultz. And right. it's like, you got Zion. Like, I never seen It just that. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. I agree. What I meant was, like, it hasn't happened yet with Lonzo, you know what I'm saying, for him to, to become successful enough to say that. And I just feel like you've seen all three, you know, RJ, Morant, and Zion all already get there. You know what I mean? And yep. get, their, get their flowers to a degree. Obviously, Barrett not so much because he kind of uh, gets thrown under the table a lot. But uh, that's all right. You know, I'll take that all day. We could all use a little extra gasoline. RJ, RJ got an ugly game. That's that's wild. His game not his game not pretty. No, not yet. But you know what? It will be. Little it's things, dude. You saw um his trainer Drew Hanlon say something. Uh, I want to say like a month and a half ago about working on his wiggle. You know what I'm saying? And as he's getting mm-hmm. up to the bucket, like you know, throw a little. You know, you see um Rose is so nice with it, dude. The way that he co- goes up to the bucket and you know it just reads where the blocks are coming, where the hands are coming, and he just reacts so quick. And whether it's a reverse, whether it's back or forth, or, or he holds on to it, you know, and, and kind of floats backwards and then throws it up. He has such patience and such smarts around the rim. Uh, I would kind of love for that to be passed on a little bit, you know, and give a little bit of it to quickly, give a little bit of it to RJ. RJ could use, you know, the maneuvering as he's coming in, you know, trying to put that hammer down and quickly could use a little bit of it too, because um, he kind of relies on that floater a little bit where, People anticipate it. So, you know what? Throw a little, you know, fake in there and then, you know, lay it up on the hand. So, you know what I mean? Just a little song. Yep. So, as you was talking, right, I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, for some odd reason, I'm thinking about the Boston Celtics playoff run back in, uh, is it 2018? The playoff run when Tatum, Jalen Brown, and um, Terry Rozier was on the same team. And I'm thinking about it because we're going into the playoffs with these young guys, right? Like R.J. Barrett, mainly, specifically R.J. Barrett. Right. How much, think about how much confidence that gave Jason Tatum to actually go out there. And I watched him score 50 points yesterday. And I'm like, yo, he is confident in his game. So yep. the, the playoffs can do wonders, could do wonders for this roster can do one oh man it's gonna do wonders for this roster but i can't wait dude it's huge i think i feel like man i feel like i've definitely said this recently i don't have any idea where but um i just remember like years ago um i think it was knox and someone else fisdale sent them to the all-star game or something like that um just to have experience and then literally paid for them you know the knicks paid for them to fly over there and just um, you know, and just kind of just be in the environment and, you know, soak up the aura and, you know, kind of, um, you know, dream build a little bit, you know, and it's like, we don't have to do that this year because we did it ourselves. You know what I mean? We put ourselves in our own position. So it's just huge because it goes so much further, you know, like when you grind it out, it's the same reason why like diehard Knicks fans 
all, you know, kind of, you know, flock together. It's because we all ride together. We grinded it out, you know what I'm saying? And we're seeing the fruits of the labor. So it means more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you spoke about David Fisdale. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> Let's do it. Speaking of coaching, you know, we got to speak about Coach Storm Tibbs, man. Yo, my coach of the year, bro. My coach of the year, too. And it's a shame that he got snubbed. And I, I, I'm going to give you my reason why I felt like he got snubbed. And then you can give your reason. And just for me, like, okay, you give Monty Williams coach of the year. It's cool. The Suns went 8-0, 8-0 in the bubble. Cool. They get Chris Paul. Cool. Of course they're going to win games. That's obvious. And Monty Williams already coached Chris Paul before. So they mm-hmm. got before, right? Thibodeau, on the other hand, walked in here, seen this garbage roster, asked <laughs> Leon Rose to give him some vets. Leon Rose vetoed that and said, no, let's, let's keep this together. And he makes wine out of diarrhea and shit. So, so <laughs> I, 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 like, and Vegas gives us 22 win total. And he completely smashed that out of the out of the realm. Trainer Porzingis, Man. I think, brought us back about it took about two years off our rebuild. Trainer yep. Porzingis, so I think Thibodeau just injected some Bruce Banner Hulk syndrome syndrome <laughs> in there and just put life speeded us up about two more years into our rebuild. Because I damn sure didn't expect playoffs this year, so he bumped it up two years. He got marginal players. And last point, he's close to the year by default because his starting point guard is just absolutely just, ah. Uh, so. I'm totally with you, dude. Yeah, I totally, like, I totally so, agree. Go, but, but go ahead. No, nah, I was I was just gonna say exactly the same thing, man. Like I, when I'm asked this question, I always say the same, the same thing, bro. We had no expectations in the beginning of the season. You know what I mean? Literally zero. We didn't know if we were gonna flop. We didn't know. We literally had nothing. You know what I mean? The Suns had some type of an expectation. You know, you already had Booker. You already had, um, you know, aspirations of of being a playoff team. You just went eight and zero in the bubble. Um, you know, and now you're putting Chris Paul into the mix. So it's like you were expected to make the playoffs and you did that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So great. I get that. I, I totally get that you did a fantastic job. I get that the West is is very tough, but kudos to you. Like you said, man, Tibbs didn't have any of that. You know what I'm saying? We literally glued this team together and, and, and made a freaking, you know, first place science fair project. You know what I mean? Like it's just – it's incredible what he did. You know, like you said, we were coming off a horrible season last year. You know, Randall, I mean, it was just, it was just tough, man. I mean, how many years? I don't remember off the top of my head, but the last two years combined before this season, we had less wins than we had this season alone. You know, it's like, it's insane. So, like I said, I'm still processing it all, man. But I absolutely have Tibbs as my coach of the year for that reason right there alone. Simply just because we had no expectations. He took what we had last year and literally got 41 wins with it by maybe tweaking, what, two, three things. That's that's really it. So, to me, it's just big a, a bigger of a job. So, if you're going to do that much more with that little – 
compared to what Monty Williams did, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just think it's more deserving. That's all, you know. And I, and I try to take the the Knicks lens off and kind of look through it, you know, from like a neutral standpoint. But I keep coming back to that same thought. You know what I mean? No matter what, yeah. that's that's how I would look at it. So, yo, it's crazy how the Knicks. Well, finally, we gained respect in the media because about like two months ago, we wasn't getting respect. So, nah. no respect. I think people felt like we was fluky. So, once the season ended, they was like, oh, yeah, they, this is not a fluke. That is a hard-nosed team. So, salute yep. the Tibbs, man. Salute the Johnny O. Uh, KP. West, KP. Woody. Woody. Facts. Yeah. Facts. That's a fact. Definitely salute the Woody because Thibodeau is a he's a slick devil. He stole Woody offense. <laughs> yeah, literally put Randall in the pinch post just like Melo. Yep. And, and and the huge difference though between Randall and Melo and salute to Carmelo Anthony. He's a top ten scorer, all time Hall of Famer. That's you know? my favorite player, bro. Straight up, love Carmelo Anthony. Um, Randall just passes more. <laughs> you're 100 percent right listen listen Melo used to get what points rebounds he he wasn't a big assist getter like that that's why he didn't have tons of triple doubles you know what i mean yep. so that's absolutely the biggest thing you know and you got randall who's he's a big part of our success also you know and he i tip my hat to him all the time because it takes a lot for a man to be able to look in the mirror and say i have faults where are they and what can i do to you know to to make it better and he did that you know and i say this all the time like you still saw those mistakes in the first five games of the season you know what i mean like you still saw them you just saw them a lot less and by like the fifth sixth seventh eighth game he really figured out how to not get into those same situations, you know? Yeah. So I want to say by like a quarter of the way through the season, you started seeing the rest of the team come, come together because of it. You know what I mean? And he was starting to look for that outlet, you know, and you still see him get double teamed all, all the time. And the times that he really coughs it up other than, you know, just losing his hand on the ball, I think are the games where he feels like he has to play a little bit more hero than normal. You know, which puts him back in that mind frame and that that gameplay of last year. You know, but he's he's so big on it, man. And I talk in circles, so you can shut me up, bro, because I don't even remember the main point that I was trying to get at. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah you good, bro. Man, dude, I could just talk. <laughs> nah, nah, you good, bro. You good. Just <laughs> the platform to do that on, bro. It, it it don't matter, bro. We talk. Dude, I only get two minutes in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like so. I, I like I like this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no problem, bro. Um, so the coach of the year, he's a very stubborn man. I think that's the correct word. Mm-hmm. Very stubborn. Yeah, him and him, him and Tibbs are similar like that. Very. Um. So, will this man? And I just gotta ask this question because. Before we get off this whole subject about uh, about that, will this man change the point guard position? So I see today a lot of propaganda on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, I see all the propaganda, and you know, you, you know, one of my the, one of the favorite things I love about Thibodeau that I watched from his Chicago days and that I watched from his Minnesota days, and just 
watching his interviews, he always protects his players. He treats his players like his kids. The yep, man always. Don't got no, always. He don't got no wife. He don't got no kids. He just got basketball. So That's he it. His kids. He yep. def- def- straight defending his players. So- Yo, look look at that relationship him and Rose have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Him and Taj. He, you know what I'm saying? And it's two that that you know are always pointed to, but it's because of the type of relationship it is. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine the the way that he is with other players that don't share it as much as those two. You know what I mean? Or don't get it talked about enough. So you're 100 percent right there, dude. Like, t- like Thibodeau, Thibodeau is like he protects his players, and he's a guy that's going to speak up for his players, even though a lot of people don't like him. So I see him defending Alfred today. You know, he talks about his size. He talks about what he brings to the team. And when Mark Berman asked him the question, I Thibodeau knew what was coming. Cause he had well, yeah, it's, it's Berman too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody looks at him the same way. It, it, yeah, but it was one of those Batman penguin smiles. Like it, it was one, <laughs> it, like it was one of those devious smiles. Like yeah, I, I've seen I've seen the chatter. It was one of those type of smiles. Like I've seen the chatter. Like people saying, "Oh, they don't like Alfred." I, I. So I really commend. Thibodeau on defending Alfred and you know Nick I, I, I can't speak for all Nick fans it's a small percentage though Nick fans can be really disgusting sometimes man talking to people's mothers and, and people posting their kids and you commenting under you suck like like damn like chill like yeah it's man. a whole nother level it's it's yo it's one thing to be like on that every day, like the way that we are in that thread, you know what I'm saying? But it's a whole nother level when you start talking about family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's a, that's just uncalled for. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 uh, a tell of your character too, you know? That's a fact. So, but I know exactly where you're going with this, dude. And I totally get it. And you know me. I'm, I'm too nice. You know what I'm saying? So I will never, you know what I mean, like hate on EP like that. But I get where he's coming from. And like I said earlier, you know, in the conversation – I definitely think he's going to have a short leash with him, you know. So I think that you'll see him go to Rose. You'll see him lean on Burks at times. Definitely Frank. Um, probably, you know, like at the top of the second, you know, maybe in key parts of the fourth. Um, I just – I still think he he's just not going to change that. You know what I mean? He's If he was going to, he would have done it already. He's definitely not now. Not in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I just don't see it. I think he just likes the way, for some reason, that we start. With, with, I, listen, it's it's, it's tough, so man. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough out here, man. It is, dude. But listen, like I said, man, there's you know four other guys on the court with him too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got Bullock on it, and you got Randall and Bullock constantly running little you know screens for each other and trying to you know get that three up. So. And you got Barrett with his game, you know, who's who's always out there on the line. Otherwise, you know, he's looking, you know, how can I penetrate? So we got options, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. you know, we could find Noel down low. You see, you know, the alley-oops going from RJ to Noel. So, like I said, we got options. I think, I think Tibbs likes what he gets out of his other guys from the bench. And I feel like he, he – he thinks that we have enough firepower between those guys that I just named in our starting lineup 
you know what I mean, to leave them there and keep the the punch in the pocket for when it's needed. You know what I mean? I just think that, that he's so ingrained in that. It's been working. Don't change it. Just ride with it and go, you know? Well, I, I hope so for Tibbs' sake that he has that short leash or he ain't got no damn leash at all. He's just not <laughs> that, that That's what I'm hoping, like. Listen, I'll, you know what? I hope that he freaking comes out and, and shows us otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Because it only benefits the team. You know, like I, he was playing solid right before that that little injury that he had, you know, back midway through the season. I think it was actually on his birthday. Yep. Um, it just, it sucks because if we could have had that guy, and I get, it, I get it, that's just not him. But if we could have that a little bit more frequently, I just think that we'd be so much better off, but it is what it is, man. You know, um, you know, we have a lot of other guys that contribute, and I think that's huge because we've seen it, and I think it's contributed to to us getting to where we are. So, I get it, man. You know what I mean? It's it is what it is, and it's it's frustrating at times, absolutely. But I still trust him. You know what I mean? I trust Tibbs to do you know what he does and continue to uh, you know to freaking win. So let's get it, bro. That's a fact. I trust Tibbs, man. If, if he gonna start Alfred, the hell with it, Alfred. You better play your ass off. That's I'm what I'm saying, man. Losing, Listen, bro. Let's get it. We're <laughs> in the playoffs. You know, what I'm saying the season's done. The off season's around the corner. I don't even want to think that yet because I'm so I'm so here, bro. I'm in the playoffs right now, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. so, Facts, bro. So. You know, let 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 let's talk about the playoffs for a little bit. Um, I know we we spoke about our matchup versus Atlanta, but what's your thoughts on on the play in in general? Like, what's your thoughts about it so far? Did you watch the games yesterday? You think it's good? You think it's going to be well? They already announced that Adam Silver already announced that the play in games is probably going to be here for a long, long time. But how do you yeah. feel about the play in games, though? You know, I I get the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of having teams tanking to the bottom, who can get there first to get the better draft pick? It gives teams more so reason to fight, keep fighting. You know what I mean? But I don't know. You know, I, you know, does it is does it make us lose interest in you know the games because now people like us, you know, that are sitting pretty in the fourth seed, chilling, have all week long. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I'm not 100%. I, I feel like at the same time, like, everybody isn't isn't cool with change at first. You know what I mean? So maybe it'll take a couple years and we're like, yo, this is, you know, I can't I can't even imagine going back. You know, like, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's all right, you know, for teams, you know, to have a better chance. Listen, if we weren't in the fourth seed and, and, and we didn't ever progress to this spot that we're at, I'm going to knock on wood because I'm just thankful. Um, you know, and we were we were further back down, man. You know what I mean? Like, look at the Celtics having to fight with the Wizards, bro. Like, I think that we would still be grateful to even be in that position to still be fighting for a better spot. So, I guess from that perspective, it's cool. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm kind of like indifferent to it right now. You know what I mean? I don't really. I don't really love it, and I don't really hate it yet. Um, and I caught a little bit of the games yesterday. Nothing crazy. I didn't catch anything today. I'm in the middle of a move, like I told you the other day. So um, mm-hmm. I've been just like packing like crazy. And uh, I haven't been doing nothing the last couple of weeks because all I've been doing is watching the Knicks. So 
I figured let me just go hard this week because I, I literally am moving on Saturday and uh, I'm pretty much good, but we got a lot of shit, you know, so it's a lot of packing, bro. What the hell? You move you move into a whole city, a whole new city? No, 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 man. So like I said, bro, I'm I'm an I'm Long Island, bro. So I'm in the burbs. I'm moving literally like 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm moving one town over. <laughs> but still, there's just a lot of stuff to pack up. You know, you accumulate a lot you know through the years so nah that that that's valid i i remember my first time moving in to um to my crib bro it 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 took me like a week <laughs> yeah bro moving sucks it just sucks you know but whatever bro i'm just trying to like not think about it and just do it you know what i mean so like i'll put on the headphones and i'll i'll throw on a couple of pods you know or uh or whatever while i'm boxing stuff up and um you know or like the new j cole album you got new you know new music coming out i'm always jamming to the old stuff um you know and and that's what it is bro but so the I gotta... celtics I, hold on I, my bad dude but i just wanted to circle back so the celtics I, I kind of wanted the Wizards to win for a lot of reasons, and one of them being I would have loved to see, you know, a possible KD, you know, Westbrook matchup again. That That's always just fun, you know what I mean? Um, but Celtics came back. I, like you said, bro, Tatum 50, you know. I don't, man, he's just he, he's just good, bro. He really has. He's done it a lot this season now, too. <laughs> he is cold, bro. Yeah, dude. And the Hornets, man, collapsing, bro. Yo, you you know you know what happens to the Hornets? Gordon Hayward, no experience 100%. on the court. Hundred percent. That and that that just stuck in my brain. I'm looking at the Hornets play. I'm like, damn, they so young. They don't got enough vets. <laughs> nope. Nah, man. And this guy that I work with, um, I'm in sales, right? So I, we cover the whole country, and I work with um this dude down in Virginia, and um, for some reason, he's a huge Charlotte Hornets fan. And uh, so we were going back and forth today about it, and he was saying the same thing. You know what I mean? It's just Hayward went down, and uh, you know it just hasn't been the same since. So, but you know what? He's he's excited, bro. You know because again, he's got that young squad, and he feels like how we feel in a way. You know that they they got a good core. They just got to tweak a couple things. You know, make a couple adjustments, and that they'll keep progressing. So I get it, but um, it was just—it's just weird to see it. And um, I didn't see the game, but I saw a lot of people talking on Twitter saying the Spurs kind of didn't show up either. So um, it's yeah. weird, man. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Maybe some teams are like content where they are. You know what I mean? And they're just like whatever. You know? I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what you get with the the new thing. You know what I mean? Like it's so new. Like we don't know yet. You know what it is. So so. I got so I got a thought in my head, and I'm gonna throw this at you because I'm thinking about the playing as well. All right, the playing. They would have to flatten the lottery odds even more. So here's what I mean by that. Right now, I think the top four teams do the top. I think the top four teams got equal odds, right? Mm-hmm. For, the, for the first pick in the in the NBA draft. Now, what it should be. Now, I don't know if this will ever happen, but this will completely obliterate tanking forever. Now, what it should be is the top 10 teams or, like, the top nine teams. Yeah, you could expand that for sure. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're trying to expand the league. You're trying to get Seattle a team. I forgot. What is it? Las Vegas? I don't know how you're going for the team in Las Vegas. Dan, <laughs> please answer that question. 
Yo, money, bro. Money. That's it. <laughs> That's literally the answer. It's money. Straight up. So, since you're going to do that, why not flatten the lottery odds even more, right? So, now, now it's 20 teams. No. Now you got up to, like, 15 teams who could possibly get the first pick in the draft. Now it's, now it's really a crash. Now, now you can't take I, I think that would be amazing. That would, That definitely should be something that the NBA should definitely look at. And I, I wouldn't put it past them either, dude. They're real um they're pretty progressive. You know what I mean? If you think about it like in terms of leagues, you know, when you know, compared to MLB, you know, uh, NBA is just so ahead uh, in terms of not being afraid to try new things, you know? Yep. Yep. I, I, the NHL does too, but but I would definitely say the NBA. I, honestly, man, that's a good idea. You know, even if they don't go as crazy, you know what I'm saying, and, and they make it six or seven, you're still spreading it out and creating more competition. That's so, right. yeah, man, I, I'd be, I think that's a cool idea. I, I, I'm going to give you a prime example. If they flatten the odds, let's say you flatten the odds, and the like up to nine teams had a chance to get the first pick. Imagine if a team like, the Spurs, who just lost, now they could just jump all the way to one and get Cade. <laughs> right. Imagine. It's, it's, it creates parity. It, create, it, it creates fun. I, I think the NBA is more fun when it's more parity. I still can I, – I still don't forgive Durant for, the, for that shit he did. I'm still mad at that shit. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 Honestly, it never sat right with me either. The only thing that I hung my hat on was I get that everybody – deserves to be happy and and maybe in his mind however it worked out you know what i'm saying like that was his way to be at or trying to be happy i don't know man that's the only thing that i hang my hat on because like i don't know it didn't sit right with me either <laughs> it, you know like i mean how could it you know what i mean you're looking at you know one of one of the greats you know right now literally joining another one of the greats you know on top of a team that just was so, dominating at the time literally you know so, so it was tough Yo, this might sound blasphemous what I'm about to say. That 2017 Warriors team is the best NBA team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yep. I just saw a clip, dude, um, because they're promoting the Lakers and the Warriors game to, uh, that's on right now, um, of them to, I don't know what game it was, but it was definitely in 2017. And Steph was driving. He faked taking a step back to a three, took a step forward into the paint, went to throw the ball to Durant. LeBron deflected it. It still got to Durant. This whole time, Curry, like the second he threw the pass and he knew that it was a bad pass, he thought it was a turnover. So he turned around doing like that half like plane thing, you know, that he does like, mm -hmm. oh, shit, like I got to turn around and go run back on D. But out of the corner of his eye, he saw Durant caught it. And he stepped right back on a three. And now, as I'm explaining this, it's all happening in, in a split second, way faster than I could even get it out. And Curry just nails a three. And it's just like, what the hell did I just watch? Like, it was just insane, bro. Like, just insane, man. And that year, he killed it. That team was killing it. It was just unfair, dude. For somebody like us, where we were, you know what I mean, year after year and everything that was going the was for us, bro. And Porzingis getting hurt and it being a, you know what I mean, a contract year. It was just like, come on, man. How is this team so good? And then this is going to happen on top of it. Like, where's our luck? You know what I mean? Like, that's how I felt. 
So I'm glad you said luck. It's a great segue. I'm glad you said where's our luck. I'm glad I said something, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could talk about the Knicks scenarios and the Knicks scenarios of how we can possibly get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, we know we got to play Atlanta first. Now, let's say if we beat Atlanta. Do you think in a series versus the Philadelphia 76ers that the Knicks now we don't know if we're gonna get Mitchell Robinson back yet? Do you think matter of fact, can I ask you real quick? Do you think we can get Mitchell Robinson back for the second round? You think they'll come back? I'll tell you what, I don't think that we plan on playing him at all mm. unless we get super desperate and deep. That's the only way I see it happening. And even then, it, I, I feel like it's going to be tight, you know. Um, I just don't see it. I feel like they've kind of shown that they're going to do the right thing by, you know, the person themselves. And I just think he's going to sit, you know, the rest of the season. Well, the postseason now, man. Postseason, bro. Playoffs. We are here, bro. Yo, I'm going to keep going back on that train. Yo, um, the playoffs see, make Hall of Famers. They make all-stars. They do, dude. They do. So, listen to this. This would be interesting. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. if we beat the Hawks, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to throw this out there, somehow the Pacers get up there. Somehow. Do you see any relation to any past runs, you know what I'm saying, with Atlanta and then the Pacers, I'm going to skip over the Heat because I don't think that we would – I think that's the only matchup that would, you know, be different from a past run that we've had. But um, it's been interesting, man, the way that things have been panning out. But what I'm getting to, if, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, there's so many similarities to the 99 playoff run, you know, that we had. Just in terms of the coaching, the defense, the teams that we possibly could play along this playoff run that we're about to enter, you know, that's what kind of kind of got me. I'm looking at it now because I pulled it up just to see, you know what I mean. After we play Atlanta, where's you know who's where, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. So let's stay on that topic. Let's stay on that 1999 team topic, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we went to the finals that year. The first round, we played the Miami Heat. Beat them, 3-2, right? Second round, we played the Atlanta Hawks. We swept them, Mm 4-0. Third round, guess who we played? Do it. Go for it, bro. I don't want want them to take – I don't want to – I already ruined it, bro. I already ruined it. They played the Pacers, Pacers. bro. We played the Pacers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I pulled the carpet right under your feet, bro. My bad. (laughs) So, and and, – don't don't get it messed up. Like, don't get it confused. Like, these ain't no bum teams. Like, these, we no, no, bums. these were these were wars, bro. These were battles, man. Ba- I'm, battles. I'm talking that Miami Heat team that the Knicks beat, and and this is just for the older Knicks fans, like for the for the for the Knicks fans who's in their fifties who've seen all of this. This Knicks team, they beat a team that had Alonzo Mourning, Terry Mills, Jamal Mashburn. Tim Hardaway, yo, PJ hard. Brown, <laughs> like, dude, like, I'm yo, I'm telling you, man, that was that was a tough series, you know, it definitely was. It went the distance too, and 
mm-hmm. you know, possibly affected the next two matchups. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we won the next two and got to the finals, but even though we won it on a scoreboard, you know what I'm saying? Like, we lost a soldier along the way each step. So by That's the time bad. that we got to the finals, we were just – I just feel, like, so depleted. You know what I mean? Like, we gave it our all. Don't get me wrong. But um, we just didn't have our full squad. We weren't fully healthy. You know what I mean? And those were two corner piece vets, you know, on that squad that were super important to it. So it was tough, man. Tough, tough, tough. But I definitely see a lot of similarity to the squads, you know, between Tibbs being an assistant coach then, being a coach now, defense being such a big piece to the reason why we're successful. Um, And, the funny thing is, too, man, like I, I read something somewhere that said Chris Childs was talking uh, to somebody about like the way that the team came together. And he was saying like during the lockout, you know, and as it, the lockout went on, the the group was still together and running scrimmages all throughout the city, you know. And the one thing that stood out to him was right away that everybody played defense. And everybody played hard. And so before they even went into, you know, training camp and, and into the season, you know, and started, you know, getting runs with the team itself, you know, in official facilities, there was already this this mantra of defense, you know what I mean? And 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 tough guy and grit and you know, nobody getting nothing on me. And you see the squad that we had, you know, so before Tibbs even got there, we were a defensive, you know, a defensive group, you could say. So you throw Tibbs's magical mind and not only Tibbs, you know, Van Gundy, obviously, um, you know, two huge, huge, huge NBA brains. And, um, you know, you saw magic happen, but it's that squad, man. It's the heart and soul, you know, to me, running scrimmages like that before the season, the season even starts is really how these guys, you know, create that bond, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And really, you know, start caring for each other and start playing for each other. And mm-hmm. that's what, what really made the team special. And shout to Coach Fab, bro. He was talking about it with me over the weekend. Um, you know, you see a lot of that here, man. You know, you see, you know, WWW World Wide West, you know, hugging guys after the games. You mm-hmm. see Leon Rose hugging guys after the games. You see the smiles from Tibbs from time to time. You know what I mean? Like, you see that bond, bro. Like, they love each other, bro. Like, um, you know, the interviews that they're doing and stuff, like, the way that they play around, like, yeah, we win, and yeah, we play freaking hard, but we have fun doing it, and that's so that's important. So I just – I love the squad, and I love – I love that we've been looking for that tough 90s squad and, and that tough 90s mentality and personality to come back for all these years, bro. And it's here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Randall, New York, we here, bro. That's a we're fact. In the, we're in the playoffs, bro. Yo, and what's crazy, yo, shout-outs to Steve Stout, too. How the hell he got Thibodeau on Breakfast Morning Club? Yo, <laughs> Steve Stout? Bro. Oh, my God. Yo, let's, let's go through his accomplishments this season, bro. All right, I'm going to start with social media alone. Elite. Social media all season. It's been on point. That Knicks PR account, been on point. And we've seen past seasons, bro, where it wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, So that's one right there. We had Dipset, center court. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, really right now? We're talking 90s Knicks and that grit and that tough street, you know, persona. Like, that's Dipset, bro. Like, you don't get no better than that, bro. Like, center court, MSG, and what are they rocking on top of it? 
a kith outfit you know what i'm saying a street collaboration like it's just been win after win after win bro and you see tibs on breakfast club like all that marketing that mass marketing is all steve stout dude all steve stout when we first made that that hire dude i'm running around work like all excited everybody's like what's wrong with you and i'm like oh steve stout steve stout people are looking at me like crazy like what like and like they don't know you know what i mean they don't but dude it's just great too and it was quiet for a while like after they hired him like it was mm-hmm. quiet like nothing really came out and you could tell bro he was putting a plan together and uh i love it bro it's just just uh, when when we talk about culture it's everything right it's how we play it's um you know holding each other accountable it's the coaching it's it's it goes to the executives making the right decisions in terms of bringing people in writing the mm-hmm. contracts signing checks you know to exactly what steve stout is doing you know what i'm saying creating that culture outside of the game in terms of the Knicks brand you know so i just feel like it's just been from top to bottom and from inside out we've really created something sustainable so let's go bro let's freaking kill it in the playoffs right now let's freaking you know listen after this playoff run that we're about to have i don't care what happens Stephen A. Smith ain't going to be talking about freaking ain't no star ready to come here. We're not ready to have no star come here. Like, man, like, I understand you got five other jobs that you're doing. Like, you're not watching every minute, every Nick game, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's why Nick's Twitter is the way they are with him. So, you know? Like, can we I, can, I, can I please piggyback? Please, bro. Go for it, man. Shut me up. Do it. So, <laughs> I, I, now – also, shout outs to James Dolan. We, I'm gonna, I want us to speak about um James Dolan real quick. Yo, shout shout to Dolan, man. When is when have we even said that? That's a fact, and because he had a beautiful PR moment the other day, and I want to talk about. But real quick on Stephen A. Smith, right? He he said what he said. The Knicks are on a destination yet, right? So I'm thinking about what he's saying. Now let's pull out the context of what he's saying. He's talking about the coach. <laughs> He's talking about guys that want to come here and do what the hell they want. They want to rest. They want to not. They want to take days off. They want no. Some don't want basketball. 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 Yeah, that's what. That's what your life is. Just straight basketball. And we yep. got nothing but gym rats. So I kind of agree with what he's saying, Danny. Only in that context of what he said. So I could, right. I, I, I understand it, and I agree with him. I don't know if guys is going to be flocking up to play for Tibbs. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that we got RJ, Obi, Mitch, IQ, Randall. I got a set five. Yep, 100%, bro. 1,000%, dude. So that's my only thing when it comes to the Stephen A. Smith part. Um. And, and also, then, what free agent is out there? That's what I'm saying, man. Yo, he's just he's just talking to talk, bro. That's what they do, bro. You know, and what I would say about this, first off, is shouts to Fraz. Because if you've seen, um, and I'm talking about Nick's UK fan on Twitter. If you've seen his, what his response got from Stephen A. Smith, man, you could tell Stephen A. Smith stays on the defense, bro. You know what I'm saying? He stays agitated. And, yeah, I, I get he's got that, like, certain times where he's, like, calm and cool. But for him to react, the way he reacts, bro, people clearly stay get at, getting at him. So, shouts to Faz for just stating his opinion, bro, and I get it. Listen, the way I look at it is even what Stephen A. Smith said didn't make sense to me. 
Because, <laughs> l- listen, bro, like, you bring Chris Paul to the Knicks. Regard- listen, and I'm taking all the context out of it because that's exactly how they looked at it, right? Like, right. I, c- right. I, could bring- I could bring anybody here. So I'm going to say, <laughs> say, it, say it's Chris Paul, right? Uh-huh. There's no way Tibbs is not going to be bouncing with ideas back and forth with Chris Paul. I'm going to go as far as to say is I doubt that they're not already doing it between Rose and Tibbs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Tibbs is a, a very respectable basketball mind. You don't think that he's going to go talk to and take account what his guys are saying, the guys that he respects to a similar degree. You know what I'm saying? That's the Chris, Paul, You bring Chris Paul here. Of course he's going to at least hear what he has to say. You know what I'm saying? It's not just Tibbs' way or the highway. Like, straight up, that's it. That's that's there's no nothing else to talk about, you know so, what I mean? So, like, to, to, to yeah. even say that that's the reason that we're not ready for a star, like, you're just you're just talking to talk, you know what I'm saying? So, I ride with what Fraz said for Stephen A. Smith to call him out because it's like all, all he's doing is saying, saying the truth, bro. Stephen A. Smith is hot and cold all the time on the Knicks, and that's facts, <laughs> facts, bro facts and like i said there's there's just no water to his argument you know what i'm saying there's no weight to it man like tibbs 100 is gonna have something to accept in a conversation whether it's a devin booker whether it's a chris paul whether it's whoever that decides to come over man like if it's a superstar of that caliber because that's what Stephen a smith was talking about right like an all-star caliber high caliber guy mm-hmm that's what it's going to be. But at the same time, we're not desperate no more. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the freaking 2016 Knicks. We're not desperate for nobody to come and save this franchise no more. We got a solid culture and a solid core. So we can be pickier now. You know what? We don't want Kyrie. Sorry, bro. Like, we don't want – tell you what, KD tries to come to the Knicks now. They're not – I guarantee you, unless he says yes and says all the right things, we don't want him. He just don't fit the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like we could be nah, go, go for ahead. it, bro. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say to me, unless he like really shakes it all and just plays, KD, I mean it's cool. I'm not gonna not take him, but I just don't feel like he would fit like his mind frame. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think he's built for MSG. That's why he didn't come here. You know what I mean? In my eyes at least. But, I mean, the obvious one is, you know, Kyrie. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. nobody's going to want that type of attitude coming, you know, to over here. Harden, obviously, who just, you know what I mean? Between them two, what, they what they rock, paper, scissors, who's playing what game? <laughs> you know, them I don't get it. Crazy, man. Them two them two is crazy. And, and, and real quick, man, give me guys who played on the Tibbs before Kevin Durant, man. Give me – I'm watching Andrew Wiggins on the – he looks really good. He'll look good in the blue and orange, man. Just give me a wing. Yo, the he works man, hard too, bro. He's a hard worker. He works very hard, bro. Yeah. Very hard, bro. And, I, I, man, I like what Tibbs is about, and I like the fact that I don't have to worry about – and this is the main thing. I don't think we said this, but we said things to this effect. We don't have to worry about a guy coming here thinking he could just take his pants off and shit everywhere he wants. No, because this is Tibbs' team. Yeah, 100%. So I, I, I'm not really worried about stuff like that. And it's good to see. And back to the 90s Knicks, right? Yeah, man, full circle. So 
we 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 in the nineteen ninety eight off season, right? And the team called they on the wrong side of thirty. Most of them is thirty. So it starts yep. with a draft day trade of Oakley. Um, we trade the thirty four year old for Marcus Camby. Yep. And we also trade Starks for Latrell Sprewell. Yep. Latrell Sprewell the previous season was suspended because he choked PJ Carlissimo. For what was it like sixty games? It, I think it was the whole season. I think the longest, yeah. uh, longest suspension ever. And this roster comes together, and these guys go on a run. They end this. They 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 end the season on, on winning six games straight, and they make it into the playoffs. No, they win their last six. They win their last six of their eight games, and. They become the eighth, only eighth seed to reach the NBA Finals. And we got to think about that team, right? And that was a team built on defense. You got Rick Brunson, Marcus Camby, Chris Childs, Ben Davis. You got Chris Dudley, Ewing, Houston, Larry Johnson, Dennis Scott. A lot of big bodies. A lot of big bodies. Big bodies. You got Kirk Thomas, Charlie Ward, Herb Williams, (laughs) Devin Wingate. So – you got this team who is coached by Jeff Van Gundy. You got Ernie Grunwell, David Checkets, and this team makes it to the finals. And possibly this current Knicks team can possibly get to the finals just like how that team did. But it's going to take a lot of luck, like you said before, right? 100%. You need it, man. You know what I mean? Because... The biggest X factor that I see, and again, similar to that season, is injuries. And the reason for it is because it's, again, another truncated season. You know what I mean? There's a lot of games in a short amount of time. So there's less time for guys to, you know, get their rest in and get their bodies back in shape. And, you know, we got guys that are injury prone. And honestly, to a degree, everybody's injury prone. But um, we got one guy on our team that is foolproof and i'm gonna knock on wood i feel like i should break it now i don't even know if i want to say this bro oh, man. but bro rj barrett oh yes Iron what man. is he one of five i think he's one of five starters that one of 11 every game yep well he's one starters of 11 though NBA players and he's one of five starters Good. yeah ahead. right right yeah man i mean durable bro i mean mm-hmm. the, the kid's 20 just turned 20 years old you know what I mean? And he's not hes not pulling that diva stuff. You know what I'm saying? He's a worker, bro. He's a killer B. Guy no. just, he just, he steady gets it, bro. RJ is just, and you know another reason why I wanted the Knicks to draft him too? I don't know if I said this earlier, so I'm going to say it to you now. I Ooh. always wanted us to draft a big guard. You can a big guard. I understand we had Allen Houston. I understand we have a Charles Well, But we, we, we never had a young big guard who could rebound, who could play make a little bit, but who could get buckets. And that was another reason why. But the kid defense is sensational though, bro. I, I always go back to his defense. Like I don't his shooting is great, cool. Kudos to him. He's shooting 40% from the field. Whoop de doo. But superstars make their make their hay on defense. That's it. Kawhi Leonard, the claw, defense. LeBron, 
defense. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, dude, it's huge, man. You know what? Because it cre it does create the offense, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you have good defense, you're catching somebody off guard. So there's a good chance that you're at least going, you're looking at a five on four, looking down the court. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to see guys, bro. And I saw one play the other day. Um, oh, man, what was it? I think it was a fast break steal, I think, um, from Bullock. And Randall freaking sprinted all the way down the court, bro. And he he started at, like, the other baseline and still ended up at the basket at the same time Bullock did, who stole it at, like, half court. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, that hustle, that work, man, like, it's there. Randall's become a freaking monster, bro. I don't even he know what I'm looking at right now, like. It feel like it feel like I'm watching Batman and I'm watching Clayface. Like that, that's what it's like. like I, I don't know what I'm seeing right now. Like the guy is shooting free throws, making them and hustling back full court. The guard Anthony Davis. Like the guy is recognized by RJ Barrett as the leader of the team and has and RJ literally say, I love receiving passes from Randall. <laughs> I thought I would never hear that, bro. Yeah, dude. You know what? And I think he says something like, um, "Because it's because it gives him enough time to to get the shot off, where it just feels like it's practice." Mm -hmm. You know, and that's huge. It's everything, and you see that's when RJ makes him the most. You know what I mean? If he has that that extra time, because it's not even a second. Sometimes it could be that extra millisecond. You know, he he gets it. So. Shouts to them, man, because that 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 relationship itself. I don't know if you saw the Slam Magazine interview between them. Did you see that? No, no, dude, it was good, man. Remind me to find it and I'll send it to you, bro. It was good. Oh man, it was cool. Man. I'm gonna put it on my TV right now. So yeah, as, dude. As soon as we so, start recording, I'm gonna turn it on. Go ahead. Definitely do it, bro. It was good, man. They just went back and forth, like um, you know, the interview was just asking them random questions about each other. And you see, you kind of get to see like their reaction and, and what they know about each other. And they know a good amount, you know, and afterwards they kind of just give a little bit more background about what it was like for both of them, you know, when their experience, you know, one as the vet and one as the rookie. So it was a cool little piece, man. It wasn't too long. I, I think it was, man, maybe like five minutes, give or take a minute or two, you know. So it was a cool little, it was a cool little watch, man. Definitely catch that. That's as a man who wanted to trade Randall for a box of oatmeal cookies. <laughs> yeah, I like oatmeal, bro. Oatmeal cookies is good stuff. Oh, oh you like oatmeal cookies? Oh, man. Yo, it, it's not bad, man. They're good. Once in a blue moon, dude, change things up. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so something works. Grandma cookies, raisin cookies. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever's the worst of the worst. <laughs> That's what I wanted to trade Randall for. And Man, like that's like a bag of those those everything flavored jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Yo, that that I don't. That's that's not good for me, man. <laughs> nah, man, and it, it, it's crazy because Julius Randall, man, the guy is third in the NBA in defense. How is this possible? And he's in his seventh year, man. Like, and you know what I'm saying, like. Oh man, if you look at the the numbers for the percentage that he upped his three point shooting alone, mm -hmm. I think that itself is an NBA record. It is. 
it definitely yeah it's it's insane dude he he hit more three-pointers this season than almost all of his first six seasons combined insane dude bro it, it it's and, it's and consistent consistent you know what i mean like that's the biggest part because if it wasn't consistent you know, like I know, man, everybody would be jumping all over him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but mm-hmm. he's followed it up and backed it up. You know what I mean? Every step of the way. So it's been incredible to watch. Yeah, man. Yo, Randy, Special, bro. Special, bro. Special. Larry Bird numbers. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the braid, true. the braided one, bro. <laughs> yeah, he better get that damn afro out of his head. Oh man, I know. I seen that too, dude. Everybody got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> too but funny. I I know we talking about defense, and it, that's when I have to ask you, because I know you're part. I I know you're a football fan, and I gotta ask this question before I ask the question. The New York Knicks are one of two teams in NBA history to finish. This season, first in opponent's points per game, opponent's field goal percentage per game, opponent's three-point percentage per game. The other team was the New York Knicks in 1992-1993 season. Yeah. Um, great accomplishment, by the way. Do defense still win championships? And I ask you that because let's look, let, let's look at the last couple of finals, right? The only real finals team that was really amazing on defense, and, and and mind you, every finals team has been a top 10 defense, but it's different kind of defenses now. Yeah, it's, yeah, I get that. You, you get what I'm saying? So Yeah, definitely. The 2019 Raptors, that team with Kawhi, with Ibaka, with Marcus Gasol, with Pascal, with, with, with those guys, Danny Green, that was one of the great defensive teams that I've seen win a championship. But how they won the championship, they had an elite all-time closer in Kawhi Leonard. Another team that I've seen, bro, that was great defensively that won a chip was the 2004 Pistons, one of the okay. greatest defensive teams of all time. So I have to ask you, can the Knicks win a championship with Thibodeau in an era that values. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say absolutely. And because of those stats that you mentioned, bro, you know, who's, who, what other team is in the top, what is it, the top three in almost every offensive category? You know what I mean? So, yeah, we have, we have that defense, but we're also putting the numbers up on the offensive end also. You know, so if if the defense is what's propelling us to do that, absolutely could win a championship. I think it just, you know, like you said, it has a little bit of luck on top of it. Um, and hopefully the chips fall in the right place, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I, I definitely think so. If a team could play as successful as the Knicks have been playing with the roster that they have, and I'm not even saying this Knicks team could win a championship. I'm saying that Tibbs proved that defense can win a championship. Do you know what I'm saying with this system? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what that could bring to? That could usher in a new era, right? Because 
now people is going to start copying. This is a copycat league, the NBA. Copycat so league. much, dude. So much. You watch Curry bomb threes. You watch Clay bomb threes. If you ever seen the Prime Dynasty Warriors, that was a hell of a team. Everybody tried to copy them. The Houston Rockets tried to copy them. They oh, so bad. It's so, so bad. And they Dude, they, they were – oh, my God. That season was bad after that because the Rockets, man, they were – how many games did they let up? Like 120 or 30 points nonstop because they didn't care. They were just trying to put up points. Yeah. That, it, it, and it was bad for basketball. Like, you just launched in that many threes. Like, come on. Even Golden yeah. State played defense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 100%. They absolutely did, man. Andre Iguodala was huge for that. You know, Draymond Green, man, huge. Like, they had a lot of defense, absolutely. Livingston was big for them off the bench, man. Mm-hmm. Most spades. Oh, oh, man, loved it, bro. Yo, when he would knock one down from deep, I was, whoo, that was, it was dope, bro. It was a fun team to watch, you know. They yeah. played. They played great basketball. That's why KD wanted to go there. He wanted to play that basketball. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's just not everybody thinks like that. That's all. <laughs> so so how did they begin to play that type of basketball, right? Most of their pieces, their core pieces, was drafted together, and then they brought in a guy, Andre Iguodala, from free agency, who wanted to join them and be a part of something that was going to be great. So yep. the chemistry was there. Julius Randle signs to the New York Knicks, right? He wanted to be here. Now the chemistry is there. You see him and R.J. Barrett. Last year, R.J. Barrett was clapping for the ball from Julius Randle. Let's call it for a spade to spade. He thousand percent. Thousand percent, man. It's on the tape, bro. I, I remember seeing it. As soon as you said it, I've seen it in my head. <laughs> so Definitely. Chemistry, I value chemistry the most. And it seems like chemistry helps the Knicks on defense. So I want to see if they could continue playing this hard on defense and actually shooting the ball that they do. Because we're actually top 10 in three-point percentage. Yep. And, and I would have never thought that w- would be the case. Our offense, our offensive rating in the last month was top five. That's yep. amazing. And we shoot the most threes from the corner. We're about 30%, you know, best in the league at shooting at shooting the most attempts from corner three. And that's amazing because Tim said at the beginning of the season, I want my team to value the, the corner three. So it, it, it's amazing to watch. What do you think attributed to the Knicks shooting these crazy, crazy percentages from three, bro? Is it just hard work? Like, what, what the hell is going on? And I'm going to throw some of those percentages at you. Obviously, my boy Frank Nilekina, 45% from three. But you got Alec Burks, 42% from three. You got Randall, 41% from three. Derrick Rose, 41% from three. Bullock, 41% from three. R.J. Barrett, 40% from three. Emmanuel Quigley, 39% from three. Please tell me how is this working. And can they continue this throughout the playoffs? I definitely think they can if they just they kind of lock down and stay out of their own heads, you know. Um, I I think it's just they're they're playing their game so well. They're picking their spots, 
they're they're giving yourself themselves enough time you know what i mean like i said before when rj says things like i love getting a pass from randall it's because it's the right pass you know what i mean they're playing the right way they're letting the game come to them and i think that's so big they're not forcing things up when you're forcing shots up you're taking them from spots that you don't normally take them from so your movement's not the same movement that you normally, you know what I mean? Everything is off a little bit. So what you're seeing the Knicks do and do successfully is just play their game. So the defense, that hard-nosed defense that they, they're playing, allows them to create more in offense, give them more space and more time to get the shots off, to get to their spots. And, you know, I, when you have somebody like Tibbs who's and, and his staff, who's going through all the footage and pointing everything out and saying like, this is where you need to do. This is where you're successful doing it. Do this more. It's just everything coming together, man. You know what I mean? And that chemistry that you just spoke about is probably the glue that's allowing everything to happen because when you're having fun, man, and there's no pressure, you know, things just fall into the right spot, you know? And so I think that's what we're seeing right now with everybody contributing. So, you know, we're talking about the team and we're talking about people contributing. It's a perfect segue. And let's get to, you know, this final part, man. Um, playoffs, playoff X factors and players we rank that's most important, five to one, five being the least important, one being the most important. Mm-hmm. But who is the guy, and this is just – the playoff X factor. And that's probably both both of the guys we have at number one on our list as the most important players. So specifically, number one, like who is the playoff X factor? Like this guy have to play well in order for the Knicks to go on a deep playoff run. And my, my number one my, is going to throw you off. <laughs> so All right. Now, you know what? I I feel like it wouldn't, and only because I kind of feel like this could be a trick question almost. You know what I mean? Because there's so many games where that, that we've won recently where Randall doesn't have the most points of the game. Um, you know, it could be Bullock with a 30-piece, you know what I mean? Or, or Burks, rather, with a 30-piece who we saw the other night. Um, it could be Rose and Burks both off the bench with 20 points. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's everybody that contributes. So it's so hard to say, like if one guy doesn't perform on a given night that we lose, because we've seen so many times where one guy doesn't perform on a given night and we still win. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of, I, I don't think I would pick anybody to be honest. Um, you know, we saw that, that long stretch with Rose where Rose was out. We got through it. We saw the stretch where Burks was out. We got through it, you know, quickly yeah. it was out. We got through it. Um, I'm kind of thinking about it as I'm talking out loud now. And I feel like if I had to give an answer, I don't even, I, I'm, I'm going to still say, no, man, I don't got an answer. Cause I was going to say RJ, but then again, RJ could have a freaking five point night and we still win. And <clears throat> Here's why I'm a, I'm gonna ease it for you, man. I'm a, I, I'm a later later founder. Yeah, let me hear your yo. I want to hear your perspective, bro. So, the most important player right now, if we want to go on a deep playoff run, to me is Alec Burks. Right, just okay. right now, 
just because he could do multiple things with the ball, right? We're going to need guys who can get their own shot. Since he's been back from injury, he's been averaging 20 points, right? He could You could start him. You could play him off the bench. But more importantly, in the fourth quarter of playoff games, we're going to need somebody who can get a bucket. And oh, yeah. If there's just one guy on this team, even before, even before Randy, and I love Big Dog Juju, I want the ball in Alec Burke hands. That that's just for me personally. And I feel like we're gonna need his twenty points to win these playoff games. It's it's 100%. not regular. You get what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. regular season no more. It's hard nosed basketball. So how you how you feel about Burks being number one, the most important piece? I- if we go on this a deep playoff run, I definitely like it. Um, I think long as long as he's over this, you know, last injury that he's had. Um, I mean, he's been pretty solid all season. You know, he really he's been durable. He hasn't gone down much. Um, so hopefully, if he could stay uh, healthy, you know, through the playoffs, I definitely could see that that would be valid. That he's the most important piece to make a long, uh, you know, a far playoff run. Um, that you could definitely argue Randall. Uh, it, it honestly, the, the, when I first, when I first was thinking about this, right, the way I looked at it was probably EP at five. Um, uh, I'd put Bullock at four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason is because, and I, the only reason is because there's, I'm thinking of our, of history, of the experience that we've seen this season. So there's games where, like we said earlier, he hits a couple threes in the first and then disappears for the rest of the game. No problem. We still got it because you got guys like quickly come off the bench. He adds, you know, say 15 points, 20 points. Um, that's huge. You got guys like Rose who freaking put up 25 points, you know, back to back freaking two weeks ago. You know what I mean? That's huge. It, when you get these guys, man, we've had games where the bench just outscores the starters. You know what I mean? So I would definitely say, EP five, I would definitely say Bullock four. And from there, I'd go RJ at three. I'd go Noel at two. And the reason is because I definitely want to accentuate that defense up front. And you got to put the big dog MVP number one. You know what I mean? That's just the way that I look at it. And and like I said, I kind of thought about it quick. And and that's, that's the way that I was going with it. Yo, it's crazy how you put Alfred five. And I, it, it, this might sound crazy, Danny. I gotta agree. <laughs> I, I gotta agree because now I'm gonna switch it. Now I can switch it up like this, right? Let's say if if Tibbs bench Elf and he inserts Frank in that lineup, I'm gonna put I'm gonna have Frank at five because Frank going he's gonna have to guard the other team's best scorer. Or the other team's best guard. Right, or, right, right. Or I could switch it up and I could put quickly at five because we're going to need his buckets off the bench. So I think five is kind of a toss up. But we can, I, 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 I'll put Alfred there for now. That's cool. Well, listen, you said five being the least, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. I'm just making sure I got it right. Yeah, definitely. So number four, Reggie Bullock is spot on. <laughs> it, 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 it's spot on. It's spot on because. Bullock usually guards the other team's best mm-hmm. uh, offensive player. Yep. And 
RJ, I feel like, is the second look, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I definitely, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. You know what I mean? Because I could see Reggie and RJ switching off Bogdan. I don't know. It's going to be tough, man. But I think we're fine. But listen, let me not interrupt you, bro. I hope you didn't forget where you were. Nah, nah, nah. I'm still, I'm still on Reggie Bullock. Like the perimeter defense, the three point shooting, the spacing he provides. Mm -hmm. Um, just the, just the IQ on the court. Those hands, bro. Always in the passing lanes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna need that. You need that for playoff runs. I, I just watched the Charlotte Hornets get blitz yesterday. And I looked at their wing rotation, and I'm like, damn, they don't got no vets over there. You know, nah. they don't got a, a, a savvy vet they can just throw in there real quick. Well, that's why, like, when we talked about earlier, when Hayward went down, man, like, that's the IQ taken right out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny, dude, because the guy that I was talking about, like I said, that's a Hornets fan that I work with. He, um, he talked about it too, man. They got no vets. You know what I mean? That's so big. Yeah, man. So big. Yeah, man, you gotta gotta have them vets, man. You gotta have them savvy vets, man. You gonna get freaking smacked off the floor. A hundred percent. So I gotta give it to you with the Reggie Bullock number four. Um, number three. I, did you say Derrick Rose was your number three? No. So I I went off my starting three. I mean starting five. So I okay. put RJ at three, and then I okay. put no Noel at two, and uh -huh. Randall at one. So. The only reason why I don't have RJ in my top five right now is because I have no expectations. And I'm going to just put that out there. Like, I, he's 20. I really don't have no expectations for him right now. Um, If he provides us a spark, if he gives us great games, well, kudos. I'm going to be extremely happy. But I'm not going to be too down on RJ if he has a bad playoff series. And it can happen. Honestly, it can happen. Number Definitely. Three. So, so three for me was Big Dog Juju. And okay. The only reason why I got Randall number three is because I look. I understand twenty four ten and six, um, second team All NBA, Most Improved Player of the Year, great leader, great father. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to Kaiden. Shout out to Kaiden, and I and I love <laughs> the guy, man. I love the guy, Randall, man. But he's it's the pieces around him that's going to make him successful. The pieces around him is what makes him Julius Randle, if, if you get what I'm saying. so Definitely, man. He makes them better. You know what I mean? So Yes. Yep. So I get that. I definitely get that. So that's the reason why I got Randle as my number three. Now, number two. You said Mr. Nerlens Noel. Yes, sir. Uh, I had I got Derrick Rose number two, and I got Burks, and I had Burks number one. Like I said, bro, like we did it differently. You know what I mean? Like I uh -huh. literally only used the starting five. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't get the full scope of of what you were looking for. So I, our lists are definitely going to be different. But what I like about it is what you're bringing to it. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Definitely, bro. That makes sense, man. It makes sense, dude. Rose is super important to us, you know, um, coming off that bench. And we saw what it was like without him in, in the lineup at all. Ooh. And um, it was tough to find that energy. You know what I mean? But I think that Tibbs looked at, looked, looked to Burks, you know, to bring that in. 
and he looked to quickly to bring that in. And I think they did it at times, but not not as strong and consistent as Rose does, you know? Yeah, and it's a difference when you're on the bench than when you're on the court. And you can see it with a guy like specifically Obi Toppin. He looks very comfortable with Derrick Rose when they're on the court together. And that's just stuff you like to see. Like, you, you, you like to see Derrick Rose smiling. When he was here a couple of years ago, he was with the guy, Phil Jackson, and he went AWOL, and he, he yep. was stressed out. And, it, you know, it happens. But, damn, Derrick Rose, we're going to need this guy for these playoffs, man. We need a guy who can get his own bucket. Who's Yo, he's a whole nother player, man. A whole new player. Yep. And he was in the honestly the transformation man in Minnesota. You know what I mean? That's what I saw. And when he left there, he was just a different player mentally. He reached a new level as a person, and you could tell. You know, so when we when we said we were going to bring him back, I was totally cool with it because I recognized that. You know what I mean? We were getting a whole different Derrick Rose than we were looking at when we got him the last time around. So, what a blessing he's been, man. He's really um you know helped turn our team to that next notch. So. Kudos to him. Yeah, man. Derrick Rose, man, he, he's a godsend, bro. Like, youngest MVP ever, man. Salute to Derrick Rose, man. I, I'm, I really appreciate that he came back to the Knicks and actually helped us get to the playoffs. And yep. that, that that's beautiful to see, man. But the ball handlers, man, playoff time, you need ball handlers. You see in all these wings, bring up the ball. You see Draymond Green, those guys bring up the ball. You need competent ball handlers. So that's why I got ball handlers as my number ones and two. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it makes sense, bro. And listen, they're both two very important pieces to our team. You know, when one of them or both of them is on, it's very tough to beat us. Mm. Man, when both of them is on, it's tough. It's very tough to beat us. 100%. When, Dude, when we're clicking on all cylinders, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And if man we're so good i just can't stand those lapses that we we have you know what i mean we got to figure out what what we could do to plug those faster so we don't create such holes for us to come back you know or or you know just let our lead dissipate mm. man yo i i hope Derrick rose knock on wood i just hope he stays healthy <laughs> and, and, and nothing happens to the guy man i really want a deep playoff run and, Yo, me too, man. Hundred percent. And you know, final question. And now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you out of it because I know it's late, and I'm, I'm a little exhausted. <laughs> no doubt, dude. I feel you, bro. I know you were running a little late too. So yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, final, yeah, man. final countdown, bro. Bro, I went to the Spanish spot, bro. I got me, I got me like two grilled chicken salads. I already ate one of those. Nice. <laughs> So I'm tired. It got me a little tired, but it's cool, man. Nick's talk, man. That's that's what the people need. But this always. question, always. But but this question I got to ask you. It's a good one, and it's about legacy. You know, Thibodeau legacy as a coach. We knew before he came in, he was a fifty-nine percent winning percentage. And we knew he had a 59% winning percentage. And we knew that he had a way with people. We heard the rumors. We heard about him in Minnesota. We heard about him in Chicago. 
how he fell out with the with the management over there in Chicago, how he wanted Chicago to draft Draymond Green and they drafted a bum and stuff like that. Or Minnesota when he wore two hats and he got into it with Carl Anthony Towns and, and, and Jimmy Butler and he got fired. So he learned from those two stops, but he was yeah. still winning. <laughs> At the end of the day, he was still winning. So what do you think a deep playoff run this season does for Tibbs' legacy. And also, what it do for James Dolan? Because James Dolan is a guy, you know, Mass Kellerman, all these dudes talk about James Dolan and how James Dolan stinks and this, that, and the third. And listen, I'm not an older Nick fan. I don't have no beef with James Dolan. The only thing I've seen James Dolan do is hire a bunch of minorities, a bunch of people, from all different races, colors, from anywhere, put people in positions to succeed. That's all I've seen from James Dolan. And all I've seen from him was he just trusted, trusted the wrong people. And when he finally got Phil Jackson, he learned his lesson. So how do you feel about Tibbs and his legacy? And also, you know, once again, about James Dolan and what this does for his legacy. So I'm going to start with Dolan, and I'm going to end with Tibbs. So Mm -hmm. Dolan, uh, I totally get where you're coming from, and I'm with you. He's done a lot of good things that don't get light, and that's just because where we are. You know what I'm saying? New York, it's all about headlines, what's clicking, what's going to get the most reads, what sells, blah, blah, blah. So he naturally is going to get a bad rap. And listen, a lot of it spreads from – um, just, you know, the things that he does, like you said, he, he trusted a lot of the wrong people, you know, but there was a lot of questionable things he did too. You know, he brought in, um, a marketing company, as you know, years and years back to try to, you know, help get things going there. Then they started making basketball decisions, at least from what I've, you know, seen and heard and read, but, um, I don't know. It just, to me, you're the one who makes the final call, you know what I mean? And you keep making these mistakes over and over and over again. And I'm glad he finally learned at the right time. Because timing is everything, you know what I mean? And the, and the way that things have came together this season have been immaculate. So, listen, I got to give it to him, man. That press conference he had the other day was good, too. You know, I'm just glad to see um, him, you know, kind of keeping quiet in the, these last few months and um, not adding to negativity that we don't need, you know what I mean, that takes away from what we do on the court. So bringing it to Tibbs now. Um, I think, and honestly, no matter what he does, I think from here on out, anything that he does that gets us further than we are right now is only going to add to the legacy that already is Tibbs and he's not done. So I look at it like, is it, it's hard to kind of say because he's still got so much, you know, time left, you know, before we could look back and say, you know, all right, because he came into New York already with a resume. You know, yeah. so to judge him on just what he's done alone now to add to that legacy is kind of tough. And I think if you want to real quick, real quick, you can only say he, he made it better. Real, real quick. I want to throw this at you just for the the reason why I put it in that way is because different generations. Right. Not everybody from the younger generation is going to know what Tibbs has done within these past, like, 15 years. Like, not a lot of people is going to know. That's the reason. Way, because 
just not a lot of people was gonna know, bro. So, go ahead. And 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 to add to that even further, Steve, mm-hmm. even if they do know and they read it, they didn't live through it, so they don't have those same feelings that come with it. So it's like they read it and just say like, oh, all right, I guess that's what it was like. So it, it didn't affect them. So they don't carry that same judgment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, man, it it's crazy because Tibbs, you know. The legacy part, I bring up the less legacy because we haven't had a good coach in about 20, 21 years. So people will to look back at this season, depending on where we end in, it, it could really define him as a coach. Like, if we get to the Eastern Conference Finals or if we get to the finals, he might be looked at as the best coach in the NBA, like currently going into next season. Yeah, yeah. So, that definitely be, makes sense. Will he be the guy to get us over the hump, though? I or think it's absolutely possible, man. And I, and it's so tough because, like I said earlier, like I, I hate looking ahead because I'm so ingrained in what's going on right now. But I think he definitely could be. You know what I mean? He has what it takes. And I think I, I kind of got to leave it at that because it's kind of hand in hand with our team right now. You know what I mean? We have so much potential, and um, we can only hope that it just keeps, you know, growing and getting better and going in the right direction. So I definitely think, like I said earlier, man, we could definitely go far in these playoffs. We just got to take it one game at a time and uh, and keep playing our game, and that's defense first and, you know, picking those spots on offense. Man, playoffs, man. Playoffs. Yo, it's here, bro. It's crazy. I, I'm going to game two, bro. Like, I can't even believe that. That blows my mind, dude. That's all <laughs> I've thought about all day long is that I got tickets to go to game two. You better get me in. I can't wait, bro. I can't wait. I would drink so much beer <laughs> and scream at the opposing team. Oh, man. I'm going to definitely not have any voice the next day. <laughs> uh, for sure, dude. I'm telling you, I'm going to go crazy. And shout out to Dolan. Because now you could bring 13,000 people in that arena. So, listen, Tibbs, from me to you, if Alfred starts shitting the bed within the first minute, sub him out and do him a favor before the crowd do us a favor. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, Tibbs, he gives – you'll see Payton make a mistake and – Tibbs, that's so that's one, right? I feel like he gives them like two, sometimes three, depending on how the game is going. And that, and you see the timeouts, you know what I mean? He makes one mistake, you see the second timeout. He makes a third, next chance he pulls them. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of how I see it. So maybe that gets shortened to one or two. I don't know, but I don't see it changing too much. Like I said, I'm definitely curious to see what Tibbs changes because I'm sure there's going to be little things that he does that are going to make all the difference. So. Definitely keeping my eye out for that. Nah, that's a fact. So, that's a fact. Thibodeau, he got, I hope he changed it up. Let, let's see. We're going to see. It, this is going to be a nice little next month, month and a half. This is going to be nice. Oof. Anthony Davis is three for 15? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh. Man, I haven't, dude. I'm not even watching the game right now. What is going on? I'm going to I'm gonna hold uh, up right now. Jeez. Oh, all right, nice. I got one. All right, I'm staying up. But I'm gonna watch this last quarter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was gonna get some sleep, bro. But you know what I'm saying. Like now, nah, I said it best, bro. You know what I'm saying. 
Sleep is the cousin of what? Cousin of death? That's a fact. That's right, bro. I sleep when I die all day. Yo, you know what maybe that made me just that what movie that made me just think about? Um Scarecrow. Okay. Yo, man, somebody else mentioned that to me too, bro. I want to say crow. like this week, no, man. Was it the crow or was it Scarecrow? No, no, I think you're talking about the crow. The, the crow, right? When he had the face, when he had the um face pan. I'm pulling it up now, man. Yo, I'm beat, bro. Yes, the crow. Yo, that's what I thought. <laughs> that just made me think about that movie, man. <laughs> but yo, man, let me let me let you get out of here, man. You sound you sound so exhausted, Danny, man. My yo, I'm telling you, man. That's yo, it's hard work, bro. We work hard out here, man. <laughs> nah, that's a fact, bro. Um, you know, tell the people where they can find you. Tell the people when your next uh project. Tell the people where they can find your um stuff at too, please. Yeah, absolutely, man. So as you know, man, I'm Dan underscore New York underscore B on Twitter, on Instagram, um, on YouTube, Spotify, all those channels that you stream your podcasts at. You can find me at the next corner. That's where all my content goes. Uh, my Danny B morning drives. I do uh, a show Saturdays noon with Coach Fa, Knickerbocker Avenue. We always got guests coming on. Um, you know, I had Macri, I had Anthony MSG, we got J Live coming on um this weekend. So we got a lot of cool stuff popping, and that's what we're gonna be doing all summer, man. So definitely tune into that. You could even watch that live straight up 12 p.m. noon um Eastern Standard Time right on Twitter. So um definitely check that out, man. And I appreciate you state hundred percent. Thank you for having me. I always love talking with you, bro. And listen, when these playoffs come to an end, whenever that may be for us. We definitely will talk about it and chop it up. Oh, man. I hope it don't end until the middle of June. Yo, man. <laughs> let's go, bro. Let's go. Yo, we're here, bro, man. Let's I'm so I'm so excited, bro. I don't even know what to say, man. <laughs> let's go. Yo, let's go, man. Um Nick Nation, man. We out of here on that note, man. It, it, it was fun talking to you, Danny. Nick Nation, you know who I am, man. It's your boy State. State of New York Nick podcast, man. I'm out of here, man. Danny. Yo, appreciate it, man. Everybody have a great night. Appreciate you listening, checking it out. State, be good, bro. Yes, sir. You be good, too. Nick Nation, y'all be good, too. We out of here. Peace. Peace.